tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Have you been wondering how you should be eating to aid your recovery or why you have so many sugar cravings? In this episode, we'll talk about how the type of food that we eat impacts our cravings and the amount of food that we eat overall. You'll learn about an interesting study that came out recently about protein and obesity and how you might want to consider adjusting the foods that you eat based on your goals. We will also talk about what contributes to extreme hunger and food cravings. And before we get started, I want to put out a trigger warning for anyone who is uncomfortable or upset by discussions on calories and weight. I'm not recommending any particular lifestyle here, but consider skipping this one if the topic is sensitive for you. The purpose of this episode is to help you understand why you might be experiencing extreme hunger or food cravings so you can disconnect those experiences from your self-worth 
worth or how much self-control you think you have. So if you're still with me, then let's dig in. that I see when someone gets sober is nutrition. Whether that includes weight or not, that's not the point. We're worried about the damage that we may have done while drinking our butts off. And alcohol does a lot of damage. It impairs the stomach's ability to absorb nutrients and it irritates the digestive tract, which then makes it even less able to absorb nutrients. This could lead to vitamin deficiencies and a decreased absorption of protein, which would negatively impact someone's ability to build muscle after working out. Heavy drinking also damages two major organs that are involved in metabolism and nutrition, the liver and the pancreas. The liver filters out harmful substances from our blood and the pancreas regulates blood blood sugar, and the absorption of fat. So damage to these two organs can result in an imbalance of fluids, calories, proteins, or electrolytes. The way that you eat and the quality of your food has a big impact on your cravings too. A recent year-long study from Australia followed almost 10,000 people with an average age of 46 to understand the connection between processed foods and obesity. If you've researched healthy eating, weight loss, or have listened to podcasts on the topic, then you may have come across this idea that protein is satiating and it keeps us feeling full. The protein leverage hypothesis was first proposed in 2005 and it says that we have a strong appetite for protein and the body favors it over any other macronutrient. This hypothesis explains that since the modern diet is so carb and fat heavy, we will continue to eat until we satisfy this protein demand. So the way that I think about it is there's a threshold and everyone has their own amount of protein that's ideal for their body and their activity level. And we will feel hunger and cravings for food until we hit this unknown protein threshold. And this new study says that since our diets contain a lot of junk food and highly processed food, we increase our risk for obesity because it takes a lot more calories to fulfill our protein needs. And protein is really important. Every cell in the body contains proteins and they are essential for life. The enzymes that processed all the alcohol you used to drink are proteins too. Antibodies are proteins, Transporter proteins move things around. So an example would be lipoproteins and those move cholesterol around your body. And every chemical reaction in the body is mediated by an enzyme, which is also a protein. They're super important. Some human studies have found that protein deficient diets produce extreme hunger. One 2014 study in human women published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that there was more activity in the reward center of women on a low protein diet compared to a high protein diet when presented with food cues. And the low protein diet, that name might be misleading, it was about half the normal protein intake. So it wasn't like they completely stopped consuming protein. So half the normal intake, that's about half a gram of protein per pound of body weight. The conclusion is that the amount of protein that we consume impacts the brain's reward system and how satiated we are, and it impacts how the reward system responds to food cues. 
So if the reward system is more activated in response to a cue, then that probably means that the person is experiencing a more intense craving. And the more intense you're craving, the harder it is to dismiss it and not indulge in it. The reward system becomes activated when we're cued and the brain starts anticipating a reward. Dopamine is released to motivate you to seek out the reward, which shows up as a craving. We often think that we have cravings because we're giant losers with no self-control, but this study in women shows that the way you fuel your body impacts your cravings. This new 2022 study found that people who consumed lower amounts of protein for their first meal went on to eat more throughout the day. And for people who got the recommended amount of protein in their first meal, they reduced their food intake throughout the day. So you might be wondering like, what is this magic amount of protein that will satiate me and keep me good for the day? So it's about about 30 to 40 grams of protein per meal that's what's recommended, but that will obviously change depending on the number of meals that you eat and how much you weigh. So the recommended daily allowance for protein intake is 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight or 0.36 grams per pound. And based on activity level, studies recommend about 0.7 grams per pound for very active people and 0.6 grams per pound for moderately active people. The conclusion of this new study is that the need for protein is driving us to consume more food. But since we're eating a bunch of junk, it requires a lot more food to get to our protein threshold. They also found that people who ate low protein in the beginning of the day consume more saturated fat, sugar, salt, and alcohol throughout the day and less veggies, fruit, dairy, and meat. And that's hard to say if the low protein is the cause because if you're eating low protein in the beginning of the day, that could also mean that you just have an unhealthy diet. So you are more likely to consume more saturated fat, sugar, salt, and alcohol either way, regardless of the protein content. Breakfast seems to be really important too, which kind of stinks because I don't like breakfast. But a 2013 human study found that a high-protein breakfast impacts hormones and reward system signals to reduce hunger and nighttime snacking. And a 2021 study published in the Journal of Human Nutrition and Dietetics on adults 55 and up found that eating more protein at breakfast was associated with a higher protein intake overall. So if you struggle with extreme nighttime hunger, then play around with your breakfast and see if that has an impact on the way that you feel. What I have observed for myself is that when I eat a bunch of sugar, I'll wake up the next day with intense hunger. And I've only been able to realize why this happens because of the self-awareness that I've developed in sobriety, but eating sugar really fires up my appetite. I still do eat the sugar, but it's just something that I'm aware of. And it seems like this isn't completely made up either. Studies have found that the consumption of sugar creates a feedback loop where it increases your cravings for sugar and sugar increases hunger because it spikes our blood sugar, but it doesn't release any of the hormones that control feelings of satiety. So it spikes your blood sugar, but it doesn't physically satisfy you. I did a deep dive into why we crave sugar in sobriety in episode 41, and I broke down 
around some of the myths about it. But based on my own beliefs and my interpretation of the research, a lot of cravings for sugar come down to emotional and habitual factors. If you build a habit of eating sugar every day, then you're going to crave sugar because you're used to doing it. Similarly, we can use sugar to change our mood just like we used to use alcohol for. Sugar gives us a dopamine hit and activates the reward system in a similar way as alcohol does. So we're craving sugar in sobriety because we're looking to replicate that feeling in our brains. And we know that it is a way to get instant gratification without blowing up our lives with alcohol. So it's really easy to start using food for comfort after you've given up alcohol. So if you're struggling with that, you are totally not alone. My version of that is ordering takeout and not cooking. I basically have not cooked at all for three years. It's been very challenging for me to figure out how to enjoy cooking without wine. So I just choose not to do it, which is not helpful at all. Ordering takeout does something exciting to my brain, even though it's a gigantic waste of money. We have to keep reminding ourselves that instant gratification is not possible all the time. We get so used to feeling however we want, when we want, because we learn to control our emotions with food or alcohol. So even though the takeout gives me a boost of excitement, it doesn't make me feel good about myself long term. So over time, we have to start shifting to considering future us and not get stuck on instant gratification and what we want in the immediate moment. So all of this information doesn't mean that you have to go track macros and try to eat a perfect diet. It just means use your new powers of self-awareness from working on coping skills and not drinking and then apply that to what you eat. So like I notice with my sugar intake and then feelings of extreme hunger afterwards, pay attention to how what you eat makes you feel. You might notice some interesting things that then inform your food choices in the future. I've shared many times about my struggles with food and body image in the past, and because of that, tracking macros, calories, or trying to have the perfect diet makes me completely insane. I lose my mind and then I start feeling triggered to binge, which is a horrible feeling. So you have to discover what works best for you, and don't use what works for someone else as your guide. Just because one person eats a certain way and has a perfect body doesn't mean that you should go copy them. Take some time over the next few weeks to be mindful about the food that you eat and how it makes you feel both physically and mentally. And if you're in my Living a Sober Powered Life membership, then you are probably laughing right now because I have expressed so many times that I'm going to start going to the gym and eating healthier and then I just continue to do none of those things. But my husband and I were talking when we went away for my three-year soberversary, and we both want to live a healthier lifestyle. So to us, that means cooking at home, eating more plants, eating less sugar, and really backing off the takeout. I clearly cannot moderate, so I may have to be sober from takeout too, which stinks. As with all of my episodes though, what helps me the most is to understand why I feel and act the way that I do. Understanding why I'm craving sugar and takeout helps give those cravings less power. My therapist said something really wise to me that I'll never forget. She said, we want you to eat sugar because 
because you want to, not because you're trying to satisfy a craving. So now when I want sugar, I can tell the difference between wanting a tasty treat versus trying to satisfy a craving. So be mindful of what you eat and how it makes you feel and treat your nutrition like an experiment. Find what works for you, become more aware, and create a lifestyle that makes you feel good about yourself mentally and physically. And play around with your breakfast and the amount of protein that you consume and just see if that has an impact on your hunger, your cravings, or your mood. And I will talk to you next week. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.